Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast, only on SouthCoast.fm. We're telling the stories of business builders and entrepreneurs here on the South Coast, letting the world know we are here. We're the number one podcast on the South Coast for entrepreneurs, and we'd love your review on iTunes. So if you have a moment, please scroll to the bottom of your Apple podcast app on this episode and share the love. Please spread the word too. Share us on your Facebook page, Twitter stream, LinkedIn profile, and Instagram app. The more listeners we have, the more we can amplify your mission to build a business here on the South Coast. If you had a business building crystal ball and it told you that a global pandemic was about to hit right before launching your business, you'd be crazy to keep going. Especially if you were launching a business around in-person babysitting where your employees and customers were connecting in a home. The blessing in disguise for today's guest, Jennifer Potter, founder and president of MamasAndBabysitters.com, is COVID created a whole new work-from-home group of parents, a rift that caused the demand to find high-qualified but professional babysitters to step in and relieve parents during a busy workday. Needless to say, business is booming for the online portal of sitters here on the South Coast, but not without its challenges. Let's dive into Jennifer's story on launching the brand, growing a Facebook group of over 5,000 members, and what's next to drive traffic to her business in these wild and crazy times. Let's get into the show. End of October was when we really started getting you know, our feet wet. But we've actually been in business since February of 2020. And because of the pandemic, it kind of put a halt on my business. And I was hit because COVID hit and I couldn't keep going. Everybody shut down. My website developer shut down. Every business that I was correlated with shut down. So it was very difficult to kind of get the wheels moving. And Fortunately, unfortunately, I was also pregnant. So when I thought I was going to launch my business, I'm like, I can do this. I have plenty of months ahead of me. And I actually had a baby in September and then fully launched the company in October. So many things coming at you at once. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Everything, life, COVID, business, probably talking to people, getting the word out. You said something again in our pre-interview that it was difficult sort of framing what this business was and is. And sort of this reality that like the rest of traditional businesses around us or like the infrastructure of business around us, they like they haven't caught on. Like, what's this internet thing? What, what do you mean you do babysitting through a website? We don't even understand that. Like, how does it not make sense these days? What was some of those big challenges of you know, just sh- telling people like, this is the structure of my business. It's it's babysitters. They're through, under, through my brand and I vet them and, and they hire, parents hire them through me at my website. What were the particular challenges there? I think- getting over the hurdle of the typical norm of what a babysitter actually is. So we all know that a babysitter is someone that is of a younger age, typically, that watches a family friend, or you get your babysitter from a friend or word of mouth, and or a nanny is someone who does it for a living, but takes a a very untraditional route when it comes to business. And I wanted to put a structure in place that turned a traditional babysitter into an actual position, into an actual profession where they are treated on a different level. Because a traditional babysitter, they should be paying taxes. Are they? I don't know. But you know, and same thing goes for nannies. I can't say whether or not someone is or someone isn't. But with the pandemic hit, and all of those babysitters who now no longer have a job, how many of them were actually able to collect unemployment or pandemic insurance? How many of them were actually 
actually covered from a job that they had because a lot of people actually babysitting is their full-time gig and a lot of my employees they're in college and babysitting is what gets them through and again i can't say whether or not they file taxes but i wanted to put a structure in place that ensured that these employees are protected and my clients are protected. You know, my employees, they're completely vetted. They are background checked. They go through multiple interviews, reference checks. They're CPR certified. They're over the age of 18. I am fully um, insured. I have liability insurance. I have workers' comp insurance. If my employees work full time, they collect paid time off. They collect sick time. That is, those are things that don't exist in babysitting. I've been a baby. I was a babysitter when I was younger, and as a mom, I've had plenty of babysitters. None of them had those things, and I wanted to ensure that I could offer that to employees, but then offer that peace of mind to families in the area who are struggling for in-home childcare. Because of the pandemic, not everybody wants to send their kids to a tra traditional daycare. I mean, for those of those who do, that's fantastic. Those who don't, I'm offering something different. And what's really nice is I like to keep a collaboration with other businesses in the area. There are lots of daycares that are still looking for childcare that if I'm not a good fit for those families, I want to be able to refer them to other daycares and childcare centers. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity to build out just like to, to in the business world, you might have, or not in the business world, in the software world that where I spend a lot of time, but you have like these other vendors that you collaborate with. Maybe there's like this like affiliate or referral business that's formed like over time. And it, and it feels like in your space specifically that there's there's probably like a literal graduation point for kids where it's like okay you're no longer just home where there's a babysitter watch babysitter watching you but you got to go to school right so like you can you you as the business owner i think you're in a in a prime location to say hey little johnny now he's going to be 5 years old whatever starting this sort of traditional school system i've got some great recommendations for you so it's a probably a nice little connection that you're able to to form for the parents too like god uh, where do i look who do i who do i you know send to daycare or something like that correct what is the difference for a simple person like me to understand, what is the difference between a babysitter and a nanny in terms of your offering? They are different, but they also can be the same. So there's kind of a middle ground, and I'd like to think I kind of mesh them together, where a babysitter is someone who you have come to the house maybe once a week, maybe once a month, just for a typical date night. And then a nanny is someone who you're going to have come more frequently. They develop more of a relationship with the family. They're either on premises or like living on premises, which none of my employees do. But you know, it's a, some typical nannies actually do live um, with the families. Ours don't, but we try to develop that relationship where they're there for maybe full-time hours they're with the family they're a lot more engaged it, it it's it's a really nice it's it's nice for family you know when they need the extra help just like yourself you have three children i do as well having those extra set of hands is it's imperative not everybody can always afford them so it is a luxury to a lot of people but i try to keep my prices fairly reasonable to be able to offer these to families now when i said that they can kind of overlap a little is i try to make it so our babysitters are always the same babysitters that go to the house our nannies are someone who takes that job and it's their job consecutively. 
I do something a little different with alternate care. So if I have someone who is a nanny and they're in the house full time, they're there constantly, but they need a day off, I actually offer alternative care to the families, which they can either accept or reject. But if a nanny has to take the day off or a babysitter has to take the day off, I can say, okay, I can have a sub come in in their place. And I actually try to make it so the sub is a the same type of sub constantly, but just trying to create and build that relationship. And that's typically based Babysitters are occasional and where nannies are more consistent, but over time, my babysitters slash nannies, and which is why I kind of interchange them, they're very consistent. They're going to the same jobs. They're seeing the same kids and Mm -hmm. we're trying to keep it repetitive. When we chatted last, you said you had about 14 employees. Has that changed now to probably like 28 at this point? (laughs) We're we're right around that same ballpark. Um, We're hiring a few more people this week, but, you know, projected to grow pretty big. (laughs) From a business standpoint, how do you lock in uh, a customer? Let's say, I think with babysitters, it's sort of like the first thing I think of, of course, I think of like my niece who does like all the babysitting for me. And it's sometimes as a parent, you're like, well, do we get the babysitter or not? Is it, do we need them this weekend? Or maybe we could go without them that, that next weekend or whatever. But from a business point, from, from your perspective, that could probably get a little cumbersome to like project like how much services one customer will need. Do you sort of have like this Netflix subscription type of model and you have like a minimum days that a, that a parent has to subscribe to your services? Is that how it works? So we don't have a subscription. We are I'd say as needed basis, but I do have long-term clients. I don't hold anyone to contracts. We have what I call an acknowledgement of care where they acknowledge the type of care that they're receiving, whether it's an as needed basis or if it's a longer t- term. And so I have all different types of clients. And when they call in, the the ask is so different from one person to the next. I may have someone call and say, okay, I'm looking for someone five days a week for three hours a day. I may have someone call say, I need someone for once a month or once a weekend. And so every single client I have is completely different. So thank God for scheduling software, which is a (laughs) lifesaver, but I want to be tailored around the actual client. And I'd say a majority of our clients are on a regular basis. And so we, they pretty much give me their schedule a week in advance. Some give it a month in advance and we schedule out the childcare because we schedule it in, uh, in advance and you have to pay for the service in advance, just like you would, if it was going to a daycare or childcare, you pay it for an adva- in, in advance. But if the schedule changes, we just alter the following invoice, whether it's addition or subtraction in the pay to make it really easy for our clients. And they really, they like that type of service because it's giving them the option of when they need their child care. Largely all done through the website or is it still like this manual process? And I guess when I'm asking that question, I'm also thinking of a larger question of, boy, this COVID world really forced a lot of businesses to think online, which is, again, somebody who's in the space, it's like 2020, like, come on, people, you all have to be online at this point. Like it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have to be COVID that forced you to like think digital, but for your business, it has everything just like, Hey, I go, I search for babysitters on the website. I register on the website, I pay on the website, or is that not at that point yet, but a, a model that you're moving to? So that's more of a model we're moving to. One of the things that I like to strive my business model on is we're a community-based 
business. And I want everyone to feel that they're getting a unique experience, that it's not all digital. And I think digital is fantastic. I come from a digital background, but you know, for me as a parent and as clients, I want to be able to give them a little bit extra. So I like to talk to them and explain how the services work. I want them to feel how I feel when I'm talking about the business. No, I think that that's really important to establish, establish that client relationship. And so, so they understand like, I'm a parent. This is why I do this business. We want to tailor everything directly to you and we want you to feel really comfortable. And obviously there's a lot of things that we have to do online. As far as like invoicing, I send out the invoice when we're ready to pay for everything and they can they pay it all online so all of it is paid online but it's a little bit more of a manual process eventually Mm -hmm. will it be more digital probably and we do something that's a little bit different for childcare introductions i i should say so because of the pandemic i decided to integrate what i call a zoom not interview but like a, a zoom introduction with the families so after the family tells me what they're looking for and i find the perfect match for them because i'm very particular like with personalities and kids personalities i want to find someone who's really going to mesh with the family so when they have that first experience they're always going to get that same experience but i took it a step further and i decided to do what i call like a zoom introduction where myself the child care provider, the babysitter, nanny, tutor, whoever it may be, and the client with their family all get on a Zoom call. And it was kind of weird at first because it's still so new to people, but it's really cool because it gives the babysitter the opportunity to introduce themselves. It gives the child the opportunity to see their child care provider without a face mask and be able to ask them questions. Oh, what do you like to do? And all of those fun things. And it's nice because I get on all of those calls. And I know as the time kind of grows, I'll have a team that kind of helps me do that as well. But it allows that opportunity to just really create that that bond before they meet in person. And then when we, they go there for the first time and they're wearing you know, their uniform and their face mask, the kids know who they are in advance. So there's nothing worse than when a babysitter shows up for the first time. As a parent, I know who they are, but the kids have no idea who this person is. Right. And they're like, wait a second, you're going to leave me with this person? Yeah. No, no, no. So, and especially now, everybody's I'm not going to eat anything masks. that they give me today. And I will <laughs> yes. Just my toys. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know how my kids are. They, my kids don't like change. And so by doing this, it gives them the opportunity to really just start to create that that bond ahead of time. And then that, that worry or anticipation kind of isn't there anymore. And it's good for the parents. Like it's really good for the parents to say, when someone knocks on my door, this is who I'm expecting. Before you sort of launched the idea back in, in which almost was almost a year at this point, right? February, 2020, when you were envisioning it, probably late 2019, like when it was just, you know, rattling around your brain of, of launching this business, did you have a different expectation of how, I mean, obviously you had a different expectation of how it would roll out because COVID just literally shook up everything, but was there going to be much more of, I don't know, a traditional retail shop? Somebody come, I say retail shop, but like an office presence, somebody comes in, meet and greet. Did you have a plan for a much more hands-on experience that kind of shifted because of all this stuff? Absolutely. I actually had a lease signed and everything. We were supposed to mm. have a building in Fall River and because of COVID, they canceled the leases and Mm. it was it was kind of a blessing in disguise 
I was about to say that. That's a it, tremendous it weight lifted off your shoulder. Yeah. So because it, that's great that I had office space, but who was going to go? Now that we're growing pretty rapidly, there will be an office that will open this year. I just think it makes it more appropriate to have an office, an office space. Um, so we can offer more things to our employees and our clients. We do, it's, it's mandatory for my employees to be CPR certified. And as COVID kind of changes a little bit, I actually have a CPR educator on, on hand who is actually going to do all of our in-person CPR trainings. That way I can offer it to our our employees regularly, but even be able to offer it towards our clients. We're putting together a lot of training models right now. There are people who have never had a babysitter and I want to educate our clients. If you've never had a babysitter, we have trainings where this is how a typical babysitting, you know, job kind of looks like. And Mm. I obviously had to change all of those things. I had to change that perspective and that outlook because babysitting looks a lot different now than it did in 2019. So it's, it's been crazy to kind of watch it change. The idea came about about four years ago and 20, the early 2019, I was like, I'm going to do this. And as soon as I did all the due diligence of the legal work, the the insurance work and all of that fun stuff, set up payroll, then the pandemic hit and I was like, and stop. (laughs) So, yeah, so I literally spent five, five or so months just doing some crazy digging, reading up on as much things as I could. How can I change this to adapt to make this something that can help families? Because not everybody wants a child care provider in their house during a pandemic. I totally get it. And Mm. the way that I connect with my clients is very untraditional for a salesperson. I have a sales background and I, I don't want my clients to ever feel like I'm trying to sell you on something. I want you to truly need this in your life. And if it doesn't fit, I totally respect it. Not everybody is going to want in-home childcare. Not everybody can afford in-home childcare, but I'm making it an option. So if it is something that works within your budget and works within your family lifestyle, I want to be able to help the families. Business infrastructure or support infrastructure that's been there for you. I know EFRAL has been a large part of this of this process of, of launching yeah. the business. Has there been anything else that maybe people, I mean, ever, anyone who listens to the show, if I ever had sponsors, let me take a step back. If I ever had sponsors on the show, it sh- I, I should just knock on David Parker's door and say, David, throw me a couple hundred bucks a month and sponsor the <laughs> podcast because all I do is talk about it. Is there something else that has helped aside from E4ALL or we could dive into E4ALL, but it's something else that's helped you from the business side, infrastructure specific to the South Coast? So uh, like you said, I mean, I probably should be getting ad space for EFRAL because I do talk <laughs> about them so often. And that's how me and you connected was right. through EFRAL. And they have played such a huge part on how I run my business. And and I do like to talk about them because I not only am an alumni, but I went back to be a mentor because I firmly believe that the information that was given to me, it needs to go back out there into the community. Other business owners that don't have the e-for-all knowledge, it's such an amazing tool. My my business is a community-based model. We are in the community and to be able to have those things, I think are really important. I, I really like the fact that I'm part of the chamber. And that has helped big time as well for me to connect with other local businesses. They're a really great resource here in the South Coast. So anyone who's not part of the chamber, I strongly recommend, you know, checking them out. It's a great investment right now. They're offering some really cool things to help small businesses. And not everybody gets the opportunity to 
to be able to do that with their business. I also, I sit on the board of directors for Junior Achievement. I feel like that's helped me big time connecting with other business owners from my board and other business owners in the community. But I do, I do try to connect with as many local businesses as possible. I do try to attend a lot of local networking meetings and stuff like that. And it, it truly helps my business and, and helps it to grow organically. I want to shift gears to audience building. This is much more in like the brand building marketing side of not just specifically the mamasandbabysitters.com brand, but what you're doing with South Coast Mamas in Babies Facebook group and well, the many Facebook groups that you run. Obviously, we know the importance of building an audience, but when did you realize that audience building and gathering people to uh, a common either goal or a common message, when did that occur to you to say, you know what, I've got something here like this audience building thing is better than me paying for Facebook ads or Google ads or traditional advertising to a degree. Well, I'd say about six years ago when I started South Coast Mamas and Babies, that's that's literally my baby. When my second son was born and I had to go part-time, I needed an outlet. I was a workaholic, which I am still a workaholic, but I had to go part-time. And I didn't know how to meet other parents in the community. And there was no resources. There was like no place that you could go and meet other parents. And I know this is going to sound weird, right? Like you go to a playground and you see other kids playing and like to just walk up to a parent and be like, hey, look, our kids are getting along. We should hang out. That's weird. And it's awkward. And I've met plenty of amazing people at playgrounds. I'm not saying don't do that. But you know, it was it was trying to cut out that weird, like this is awkward type of thing. When I established South Coast Mamas and Babies, and I I, I did my first play group. It It's actually a play group community. And what I did was I said, okay, on this day and this time, we're going to do a play group and bring your kids. Our kids can play together, but parents can get to know each other. It's really a play group for parents, right? Your kids are going to play regardless, but this gives you the opportunity to connect people. And I did my first play group and about 70 people showed up. I was like, Oh my God, what did you, what just happened? And it was, it was like that moment that I was just like, wow, this, this is so needed. 30, 40 parents show up and they all have one or two kids. That's a lot of people on a playground. And over time, it slowly started to get momentum. We started getting thousands of other families in the area that kind of ask questions. They, they would meet up. Some of the coolest bonds that I know have been created because of Southwest Mamas and Babies. Parents that are from Freetown are friends with parents from Dartmouth that would have never connected if they didn't do something like this. And then about four years ago, when I decided that this was a business I wanted to start thinking about. It was those connections that made me realize that I've created a community, that I've created my audience without even knowing that I created my audience. And just to be able to connect all of these families in the area and get to know them on a personal level. I'm about to do the presentation for tomorrow on whatever they always bring, they bring me in for, for SEO and websites like every year. And, I, and every year I come in and I'm like, now we're going to talk about like brand building and content marketing. <laughs> like it's because, because I, I don't think you can have just putting a website up does not solve the issue. And for me, it's very much about uh, you have to put content out in the, in many different forms. So it could be a podcast, it could be a YouTube channel, it could be a Facebook group. How do you bring all roads back to to your brand or or what have you done the number one thing you've done with these audience is it build an email list is it just a, a platform to or to to have other businesses or maybe you monetize it in a different way maybe you do have sponsorships you do brand deals anything that you do tie these audiences back to 
So we did do that for for some time, and I I didn't mind doing that. Like there was a little bit to kind of help pay for the website and stuff like that. Other businesses would advertise, but then I started thinking South Coast Mamas and Babies is actually the goal. I want to turn it into a nonprofit because we started doing a lot of other things with South Coast Mamas and Babies. So I definitely think that it would be more utilized as a nonprofit, so we can give back to the community a little bit more. But I would say we we have created email lists, and I think that that's fantastic. But, you know, I I would say the overall creating the platform of bringing people together, not just families, but also businesses. So one of the other things that I did that I didn't mention with South Coast Mamas and Babies, which is why I feel like the connection between Mamas and Babysitters and Mamino South Coast Mamas and Babies are so important, is I've created a connection with businesses and families. So there's a lot of businesses out there that actually offer discounts to anyone who mentioned South Coast Mamas and Babies. We we had a long time connection with Buttonwood Park Zoo. Just for saying you were part of South Coast Mamas and Babies, you'd get a 10% off discount. And things like that, I think, is really important to be able to connect families with families, but families with business, but then also allow some type of discount because the more kids you have, the more expensive it gets. So I think that that's right. That's important. From the business building side and maybe the advertising and sponsorship side uh, of just traditionally driving traffic to the brand or brand awareness, what have been some of the best things you've done aside from the Facebook group in these you know crazy times is have you turned to doing things like sponsored Facebook posts, Google ads, or any other traditional media routes that you've turned to, to, to get the word out or is, are things so busy? It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm okay right now. The funnel is, is, is there. There's customers coming in and referral businesses is kind of all I need maybe for the next six months. So it's funny that you should say that. So I've had this conversation with you know, multiple friends that are in advertising. I have a lot of connections with a lot of people who are in marketing and advertising. And we're talking about doing more. And I keep pushing it out and pushing it out. And they're like, why are you pushing out advertising? Because to be perfectly honest, I want my company to grow organically. We are growing at a steady pace right now that I'm not advertising. I mean, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. My posts are growing organically. I'm not paying for ads. I'm not paying for anything right now. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not paying for that. Eventually, we're going to hit a platform and that's we're going to have to advertise. But I want to get a good handle on how we're handling the business, keeping in the model of giving everyone a unique experience. I think it'd be great if I got more business, 20 more customers tomorrow. But at the same time, are they going to get that experience that each of my clients are getting right now? No. But if I grow slowly and we grow organically, I'm going to be able to offer that as I take more staff on. One of the things that, or or mechanisms that that I talk about a lot to to drive traffic is, well, of course, podcasting. I love podcasting. I think it's a, a fantastic medium. Not a lot of people can get over the, the technical hurdle of like, oh my God, like creating a podcast sounds very technical. And, and it is, I guess, to some degree, but once you start to, to iron things out, it's fairly smooth. But like blogging, unique content creation. I see on the website that you've done some video creation. Is it difficult to create content in this space because the, pro- <laughs> I hate to say this, but like the product is that connection between someone's child and a babysitter. And that's very difficult to, to broadcast. Have, have you found that to be a particular challenge or am I just crazy? No, no, you're absolutely right. It's it's a very hard thing to to showcase, right? Because I mean, it's not like I have a facility where people come to and their kids are there and we can show those connections. Right. 
I can't do that. My my employees work in clients' homes. I can't show up and, and video. <laughs> I come with this. my That's, camera. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like that that doesn't work. So it's it's very hard to kind of portray that, which is why like through social media I really try to express my employees are people who I have let in my own home. Every single one of my employees have been to my house. They have met my family. And a lot of them have, they've come in place of my nanny or they've come for other things. But I think it's so important to just get across that the level of trust that I have established with my employees is so different. And I try to keep a very like open set of communication with my employees and to make it a very unique experience because I'm an employee driven company. And I try to really you know, say this without my employees, my company doesn't exist. And I want them to be happy. And I want them to truly enjoy what they do. You're coming to me looking for employment. I want to be that employer that offers a job that you truly enjoy going to that you found a family that you can work with that you really love it. Because if you love it, the clients are going to love it. And if the clients love it, they're going to talk about it. And it's only going to create more of a community. And that's really important to me. Jennifer, thanks for doing the show today. It's been an amazing conversation. It's just awesome to hear the the success that you've had in in what's a short time but has felt like an eternity <laughs> this, agreed, this past agreed. year. And it's it's amazing to hear that. I'm looking forward to see, you know, what where you go with the brand, what you do with the brand. If folks want to connect and ask some questions, where can they find you to say thanks or reach out to find some more information? So you can go right to the website at mamasandbabysitters.com. We're on Facebook. Instagram, LinkedIn, all through Mamas and Babysitters. So it's pretty easy to find. You can shoot me an email at jen at mamasandbabysitters.com as well. So I'm pretty I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> awesome stuff. Everyone else, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Join the mailing list, get the podcast, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review on iTunes if you are uh, if you're listening over there or Google Play. I think Spotify has reviews yet, but check us out at southcoast.fm. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.